0: The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, January 15, 2023, on the basis of Colossians 2, verses 6-15. through For more information, or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. I'm guessing you learned them when you were very young, but I'm also guessing that they can still stump you even if you are very old. I'm talking about a a set of 26 building blocks that we use all the time in our everyday lives. We put these building blocks together in, in various combinations, different numbers, different orders, and we use those combinations in just about every single thing that we do. These 26 building blocks that I'm talking about are the 26 letters of our English alphabet. I'm guessing you learned those letters when you were very young, and yet I'm guessing that those letters can still stump you even when you are very old. Think, for example, of the countless number of different games that have been come up with over the years that are really built on this idea that letters are like building blocks that can be combined in an endless variety of ways. Board games like Scrabble or Boggle, a crossword puzzle, a word search, the popular TV game show Wheel of Fortune, or my personal favorite game to play on my phone, the Daily Wordle Puzzle. I'm guessing even more games like this will keep coming out because those 26 building blocks, the letters of the English alphabet, can be combined and used to create an endless number of puzzles for people to solve. In the same way as spiritual creatures, you and I face a seemingly endless number of spiritual puzzles. The way you might be feeling the way you might be acting, some temptation that you are facing, some guilt or some shame that you might be carrying, some doubt, some despair, some grief that you might be experiencing. A seemingly endless number of spiritual puzzles, and it sure would be easy to think that each one of those spiritual puzzles has a different individual solution, a different word that we need to spell out in order to solve our problem, a different idea or a different effort that we need to put forth to give us whatever we might need. And yet as we continue our Epiphany worship series today that's entitled Light Bulb Moments, the light bulb moment that the Word of God wants to give us today is that no matter what the spiritual puzzle might be, there really is just one solution, Sure, we might pursue other solutions, we might use building blocks, so to speak, to to form other words that we think are going to solve our problems, and yet the Apostle Paul, in the Word of God that's in front of us today, wants us to know this, that no matter what the spiritual puzzle is, the solution is spelled J-E-S-U-S. Now as was the case last week, that probably doesn't sound like all that much of a light bulb moment, right? That the word of God, or, or that a pastor would say to you that Jesus is the solution to every spiritual problem that you have. Big surprise, right? Well, specifically, what Paul needed to tell the Colossians is that just as they had received Jesus when they came to faith, they needed to continue to live in Jesus. So they had Jesus, and they weren't really in danger of letting go of Jesus. But instead of just staying put with Jesus, they were in danger of being dragged away, Paul says, because they thought that they needed something more than just Jesus. So dragged away by what? That's kind of the the big question when it comes to the book of Colossians. Paul says that in the church there in Colossae, there were elemental spiritual forces at work. Building blocks, you might say, that can be combined to form all kinds of different spiritual ideas, sort of the way that letters can be combined to form words. And the spiritual building blocks that the Colossians were combining spelled words like asceticism, gnosticism, dualism, mysticism, ceremonialism, and angelolatry. Evidently, it was an entire alphabet soup of spiritual ideas that the Colossians were trying to pursue, so much so that for centuries, scholars and theologians have tried to figure out what exactly was this so-called Colossian heresy that was in danger of dragging these people away from Jesus. And at the end of the day, everyone basically has to admit, we just don't know for sure. Well, the good news is, You don't have to know what any of those words that I just said means in order to know how you too, how all of us too, can also be in danger of being dragged away from Christ. As Paul said, these are are elemental forces. These are building blocks that can be combined to form a variety of different ideas still in our world today. It is still very possible for someone who has faith in Jesus, who knows how to spell J-E-S-U-S, to also try to spell out a bunch of other ideas that are going to help them solve whatever problem they might be having. For example, one of those building blocks still very prevalent in our world today is the idea that anything physical, anything material is sort of evil or at the very least inferior. And so if anything is going to be good, if anything is going to be pure, it needs to be immaterial, and entirely spiritual. Another idea very much related to that is that there are material things in our world, mundane, earthly, physical things that can sort of contaminate us spiritually, almost as if we are going to catch cooties. And so we need to just stay away from them. Another spiritual building block is the idea that whatever problem we might be going through, it must be because... There is some sort of secret wisdom, some sort of knowledge, some sort of mystery that we haven't figured out yet that we need to solve. And another building block very much related to that is that the solution to all of our spiritual problems sort of exists on a a little bit of a higher plane. Not right down here, but, but sort of up there, and so if we're going to solve our problem, we need to sort of make this climb or make this ascent to a higher plane. Lots of different building blocks but really a common thread a couple of common threads tie them all together first of all all of them put us in the driver's seat all of them give us something that we need to do more than simply trusting in what jesus has done for us second of all all of them have this idea that our spiritual solutions are kind of up on this higher plane that we need to climb up to And so then as a result, all of them can very easily be the basis for us thinking that that if we do solve those problems, we've arrived at sort of a higher level from, you know, just your normal, average, everyday Christians. So what does the Apostle Paul say in response to all of this? Well, he starts out by saying this. In Christ, all The fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. So first of all, in Jesus Christ, Paul says, you've got all the fullness of the deity. You've got everything that God is. You've got everything that God has. Which means you've got everything that we need in Jesus Christ. And then Paul goes on to say, You've got all of that in bodily form. Not somewhere up there, right down here among us. Not in some deep, mysterious way that we need to figure out, but right in front of our faces, plain as day. Not as some sort of escape from the material world, but as God's own embrace of the material world. And so because of Jesus, all of those other spiritual building blocks are completely obsolete. You might think of it this way. If you're playing catch with a a Frisbee outside and the wind carries the Frisbee up onto the roof of your house and it's stuck up there. If the wind picks up again and blows the Frisbee down, you no longer need the ladder to climb up there and get it, right? Or maybe think of it this way, if you're stumbling around in the dark using a flashlight to try and find things because the power in your house has gone out, once the power comes back on, you no longer need that flashlight anymore. In Christ Jesus, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. We can try and pursue other solutions to our spiritual problems, but they just aren't needed. Because once we know how to spell J-E-S-U-S, anything that we might try to spell after that has become obsolete. Now, if that's the case, we might be tempted to wonder why people were even doing this in the first place. In fact, it wasn't just happening in Colossae. It happened in several of the churches where, uh, several of the cities where Paul Started churches. Why in the world, if everything was so simple, if everything was done by God through Jesus Christ, why in the world were they making things so difficult for themselves? I mean, normally when it comes to problems, we like the simplest solution, we like the shortest route, the path of least resistance. So, why were people adding all of these things in addition to Jesus? Do this. Don't touch that. Climb up and figure out this. Experience and feel and see this. Whatever it might be. It seems like they were bound and determined to actually make lives, their lives more difficult for themselves. And they were. And people still are. And we, too, very easily still can be. And even though, in a certain sense, it doesn't make any sense at all, it has a perfectly good explanation and an explanation that the Apostle Paul wants to highlight. This explanation also involves building blocks, you might say, letters that are are brought together to form words, only this time the words spell out line by line all of the debt that you and I have as a result of our sin. Every single time that you and I sin, it's almost like that checkout person at Miller's scans another item as we go through the checkout line, and the list of what we owe gets one item longer. Every time we sin, that list gets added to. Now, for the time being, the debt collector isn't showing up at our door because the debt that all of us owe as a result of our sin is death. But in the meantime, as We get to enjoy life while we wait for that debt collector to come. It is as if this long list, this charge of our legal indebtedness, Paul says, is hanging over our heads. And then Paul says, the spiritual forces of evil that exist in our world come along, and they grab hold of that list, and they use that list to try to blackmail us. In fact, that's where all of those other spiritual solutions come from. Those spiritual forces of evil come along and they try to blackmail us by telling us that they are the ones that can get us out of debt. If you just do this, if you just avoid that, if you just figure out or think about or feel or see this, then your debt will go away. That message might come from any number of places. Surprising places, even. Might come from your favorite celebrity. Might come from a politician. It might come from a self-help author or a life coach. It might come from a trusted friend. It might even come from a pastor. Anybody who is telling you that if you just do this or you just do that, then you will get out of debt is doing the work of spiritual blackmail on behalf of the spiritual forces of evil that exist in our world. So what does Paul say in response to that? Well, he wants us to know what Jesus came to do with that list and where he did it. On the very same cross that Jesus was literally nailed to, That list that has all of our debt was also figuratively nailed. So Jesus didn't come just to sort of take off one or two lines of the debt that we owe, almost just like a little bit of a debt discount for us because he's such a nice guy. No, Jesus didn't even come to wipe the list entirely clean and then hand back the piece of paper to us and say, Here, try again, do better this time. No, Jesus came to completely destroy not only every single line of debt on that list. He came to destroy the very piece of paper that the list was written on. He came to guarantee that no such list could ever be written again. And in the process, he also completely exposed all of those spiritual forces of evil that are so eager to blackmail us. He exposed them all as liars. If anyone comes along and tells you that if you just do this or just do that, they can get you out of debt, Jesus' cross has made it clear that they are lying. Once you know how to spell J-E-S-U-S, Anything that you might spell after that is completely obsolete. Why? Because everything that had been spelled before that, that list of all of your sin, has been completely wiped out, completely obliterated on the cross. Which means that you don't have to suffer the embarrassment, or worse yet, the consequences, of having your light bulb moment too late. That sometimes happens in these games and with these puzzles where letters are combined to form various words. You've probably seen an episode of the Wheel of, of Wheel of Fortune where the solution to the puzzle is so obvious and the only person in the entire room who doesn't seem to see it is the one person whose turn it is, and unfortunately they miss out on the prize money. Maybe even worse yet, even after six guesses, you still don't get the daily Wordle puzzle, and your long winning streak is finally broken. You and I don't need to worry about our light bulb moment coming too late. Already now, even though we learned these things when we were very young, those things don't need to stump us when we are old because God's Word gives us the light bulb moment that we need right now that no matter what the spiritual puzzle might be, the solution is spelled J-E-S-U-S. Amen.